Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast here with me, Colton G. And today on this episode of the podcast, I am joined by Ariel Posen, as we're going to be talking about his new single, Coming Back. Yes, coming back, released today. It is available right now, and you're going to be hearing it very soon. Before we get there, why don't we go over a few of the things that me and Ariel are going to be talking about today. Like how he was born to some very musical parents who were doing some recording and touring of their own, and how eventually they began to pass this craft down to Ariel himself how he began to progress that into a career of his own. Being able to tour with Juno winning the Brothers Landreth, being able to record inside of the same recording studio that his parents once crafted their own music inside of. We're gonna talk to him about exactly what that experience was like. We're gonna talk about Ariel's own music, his full first album how long we're gonna go into the details about that and how he sort of progressed going into this new single coming back and of course Ariel is also a highly regarded guitarist in his own right we're gonna be diving into that as well he was voted into the top 10 for music radars top 10 guitarist 2019 He has released a signature pedal and has also released a master class video. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about the guitar world as well here today. All of this and more in today's episode of the DTP. And it's all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com, which we're actually going to be getting new items next week. Yes, that's right. You've heard me say more were coming, and they are. This isn't just a new wave of the stuff that was selling hot last time. No, this is new new stuff that you haven't seen yet. So keep your eyes open by like next Friday. DesertTigerMerch.com. If you want to head there right now and possibly cop yourself something early. I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with that logic. And now with that being said... I think it's time that we jumped into Ariel Posen's brand new single before we get into our interview with the guitar virtuoso himself. So this is coming back. I just can't help it. I just can't quit you. Got me addicted. I wanna. Feel the red rush, nothing's gonna stop us from burning out. I get high, waiting for the next time. I feel you rushing through my veins. Something about that taste, it keeps me coming back to you. Keeps me coming back to you. Keeps me coming back. Coming back to you. You make me. 
Nothing's gonna stop us from burning it down Get wasted, wake up and I hate it I feel you rushing through my veins Something about that taste that keeps me coming back to you Keeps me coming back to you Keeps me coming back to you Keeps me coming back Colton Geschwaner with the Desert Tiger Podcast. Colin, how are you doing today? Right on. Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Ah, no worries. No worries at all. I am doing fantastic. Just another beautiful day out in BC. How are you out in Manitoba? Yeah, uh, you know, the, the way it happens in Manitoba, or at least in Winnipeg, basically the last week of August, the... It just shuts down and it goes, ah, summer's done. It's fall now. So it's kind of gotten cold here again, but today is actually a nice, warm, sunny day. So got to take it for what it is. Can't complain. No, exactly. When you're in those prairie provinces, you have to take uh, advantage of every opportunity. You know it. (laughs) All right. So we're connecting today to talk about your single coming back and, well, a few other things as well. Yes. Okay. Well, are you ready to jump on in? I am. Are you? Uh, I'm, I've got you on like some AirPods. Does it sound okay? Uh, I usually or... run through and edit everything through um, before I release everything anyway. So everything sounds yeah. fine enough that I should be able to work with it for sure. Fantastic. Then yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. All right. We'll make it happen. So I want to. I want to start at the beginning, being born to uh, some musical parents who quite often traveled. So I'm curious, did you spend quite a bit of your uh, childhood on the road traveling with your parents? Uh, I did. My, you know, my, my folks did travel a lot with their band, but they also held down the fort with day jobs during the week. So it's not like they were the type, your typical, you know, touring all the time, away from their kids type of parents. It was the complete opposite. You know, there'd be the odd weekend where they'd go away, but 
there would also be times where maybe no one was available for that the babysitters, even if that was like the grandparents or whatnot. So there'd be the odd time where we, yeah, we would end up going on these little trips for the gigs with them. And then in the summers, when it was festival season, we would just travel with them and we kind of just make road trips or longer extended trips out of it. It was really fun. I think I was on my first flight at two months for my first gig. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hitting the road nice and early and still at a very young age. So at what point does the uh, guitar and the singing aspects of this game start to begin uh, to be passed down to you? Yeah, well, I started on piano, did that for a little bit, always was drawn to guitar and, you know, being a kid who was growing up in the 90s, born in the 80s, like around the time of, you know, the grunge rock and all those alternative rock bands that were becoming huge and mixed that in with like the Beatles anthology, which came out around the same time, 94, 95. I was just really inspired by all that stuff. And I was just like, yeah, that's what I want to be doing. So I started guitar lessons, started learning how to play all my favorite songs. And I never looked back. I, I, I was a late bloomer to singing though. I didn't start, I, I, I would always sing maybe to my, by myself or in the car when I was older, but I didn't publicly really start singing until I was 17 or so. I was a very late bloomer. I was very shy singing in front of a mic. And it just took that, you know, like just with everything else, the one time you do it, you realize, oh, it's not that bad at all. Like I thought I was going to be lit on fire and then I was going to drop, going to be dropped through a trap door and it was going to be the worst experience of my life. But I just opened my mouth and it really wasn't that bad. So I just started singing then and, you know, with, with the more I did it, the more comfortable I got and kind of developed my style of singing voice. And yeah, it's still something I, I work on to this day. But again, it's just a, the amount of it that you do that really shapes how it turns out. So if you're, if you're singing from a young age, if you're singing from when you were two or three years old, chances are by the time you're in your 20s, you're going to have a really good idea of how your voice sounds and should sound. And, you know, I was, I, was a later blo- I was a late bloomer for that. But once I started, it was pretty full on and I didn't, didn't stop. Mm, well, like they say, mastering a skill takes many, many hours. So finding out and going through that skill and finding your own home within it is definitely a journey for sure. Yeah, and an endless one too. And I, the term master is not something I would necessarily throw around by my name. But <laughs> I, know, I mean, like, it, it's all it's all about, you know, comfortable in your own skin and just finding your genu- genuine and, like, honest sound. That's That's really what it's about to me. It's not about technicality or, like, the most proficient, you know, vocal runs obviously you want to sing in tune sure you, you should have an understanding about vibrato but some of my favorite singers don't even sing with vibrato it's all about how you do it and how it works for you i think that's the most important absolutely for sure it's not not to emulate somebody else it's to see what you can create yourself right yeah because there's only one of you you know try to try to like share that rather than like there's a million other these type of people or these kind of singers already, you know, like there's only one of you and no one else is going to sound like that. But it, it, it takes a while. I mean, especially with the internet now, everyone 
compares themselves to what they see online, people singing, people playing guitar, any instrument. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of shapes their mind of, I should probably be sounding like this or like that person, like that's how I should be directing my growth as a musician. Uh, rightfully so, it, it makes it really hard, but if you can just stay on your own course, don't get caught up in that, just focus on finding out the sound that you're hearing in your head and make it come out of your hands or your voice. And you're on the right path. Absolutely. Every town has an Elvis impersonator. So if everybody tried to sound like Elvis, then we'd be in trouble, right? Oh, yeah. And I've, <laughs> and I've done my fair share of playing guitar for Elvis impersonators. I have <laughs> even, even, even those. But, you know, even the Elvis impersonators, whether it was 50s Elvis, 60s Elvis, 70s Elvis, everyone had their own thing, you know? Everyone had their own voice for their version of Elvis, which sounds strange because you're, you're a tribute act and you're, you're covering that person and all their mannerisms, but everyone had their own thing and you just can't help it. That's, that's what happens when you do your thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's everyone was drawn to their own different aspects of Elvis themselves too. And that's part of being your own thing is you never know exactly what part of you is going to inspire somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you've mentioned that you've played guitar for some Elvis impersonators, and of course, before you (laughs) release your own singles as well, you've played in a couple other groups, such as the Bros Landreth. So what was it like as your time sort of being the uh, session musician before you became the uh, writer releasing your own music? Well, I feel like it kind of went full circle because uh, when I first started not being in school anymore and, and working, start wanting to work as a musician just locally, I had, no, I had a circle of friends and musicians already that were my peers and like-minded and doing the same thing. But I wasn't really getting gigs yet until I started playing my own shows. So I had my own band, which I fronted, played guitar and sang, and, you know, it wasn't anything special, but people were hearing it or hearing of it and coming to see it and then saying, yeah, whatever, cool band, man. Uh, but <laughs> do you want to just, you come play on the, on my album or do you want to come play in this band? I need a guitar player for this artist, stuff like that. And then it just kind of grew and then you network and you expand your circle. And that's, you know, that's becoming a working musician one-on-one. So long story short, like that grew exponentially in terms of, you know, I started doing a lot more touring with acts and artists and bands. And that's how, that's how I like have made my career. And I still do a little bit of that. So the reason I say it's full circle is that doing a solo thing, which has now been about two and a half years or maybe almost three years officially of doing it. It's like I've come back to where I started, so to speak. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. So earlier you said that when you first came to singing on stage, you were a little bit afraid of it. So after spending some time being the guitar player and coming back to the solo work and finally releasing some of your own music for the streaming medium, were you a little... uh, afraid then or did you have uh, some nerves going into that I, I I won't say that I was nervous like I definitely felt a little 
anxious, but it was anxious mixed with excitement because I had already been get, like done, I had already been touring at this point before I even put up my first single. So you know, being on stage, the microphone wasn't anything scary or anything like that. But putting out music is a whole other thing, and you know, you you kind of wonder are people gonna people gonna like this? Are people gonna hate this? And I knew that I had a, uh, a little loyal fan base to begin with, which was, I'm so fortunate to have that. And I would like to think that they would have almost liked anything <laughs> I put up, but that's more than likely not the case. I just, you know, I, I know it's what you got to do. It's how it works. And I, I picked the first song that I thought would be a good starter for this chapter. And, uh, and people seem to dig it. And then, I said, oh, that wasn't so bad, you know. Here, let's put put the rest out. And at that point, I was just so so eager. I don't think even anxious was the right word. It would be eager. And I guess that's, I said it was more excited. So both those words work. Uh, I was just very excited and eager to put the music out. Once, you, once, like, like once the ball starts rolling, you just want it to get to the other side already. At least that's what it was like for me. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic. So... This material was also recorded in the same studio that your parents happened to record in back in the day, that being Stereo Bus Studios. So yeah. how, how did that make you feel? What was it like to be able to sort of continue the family journey through Stereo Bus? Yeah. Well, the thing is about the studio, it used to be called Channels, and my parents did all their records there in the in the 90s so like my brother and i would spend a lot of time in the front room there watching boy meets world or some other shit on tv while they were working i'd be climbing the the carpeted walls you know like doing all that crazy shit and that studio was about to be sold about four years ago and a dear friend of mine paul Yi, ended up taking it over and he's he's a friend of mine i've known him a long time we played much a lot of music together and we've done a lot of recording projects together. So when he took it over, it was just like, you know what, this is mixing an important peer and friend in my life right now. And a place that has a lot of history to the Winnipeg music scene as well, but just to me specifically as well and putting it all together. So, you know, I had done a bunch of sessions there before we did my first record there. So it wasn't like this is the first thing I was doing. But it was pretty darn cool. Every time I'm there, you know, it doesn't it doesn't wear off. Uh, it's still it's still I, I associate that place more now as Paul's than ever before. But it's still funny to think back of being there as a kid. Like we, so I did my I did my first record there, and then I did a live, essentially a live version of my first record called Familiar Ground at the same studio where the whole band was in the live room, and we had 30 people in the audience all on headphones, and we played the album down. That was a cool experience. And then, yeah. And then for this, this new record, I mean, it just made sense. I had a lot more songs to choose from. I was a lot more comfortable in my own skin as an artist. Um, the, the music is evolving yet still staying on the same path that it's been. So I just wanted to keep the same team for production and engineering side. And that meant just doing it at the same studio. It's kind of home base, you know? Just spinning around We're 
Which way is up, which is down I'm gonna get my feet back on the ground Gonna search the lost and found All the things I said to you Are reflective of things that I do But not every word is true I wanna try to leave it all, leave it behind Take a chance just to unwind Oh, we just gotta try I'm tripping up so full of Figure this whole thing out If I'm not there then tell me now Oh just tell me now I wanna try To leave it all, leave it behind Take a chance, chance just to unwind you said for how long that was sort of a first chapter so this new chapter that you're going into like you said things have evolved how do you feel that you yourself have evolved as a human being possibly thanks to releasing your own music since chapter one going into now chapter two wow well as we all are doing and like to be honest a big part of this new music it kind of talks about that I can't give too, many, too much information yet about the rest of the album, but, you know, the, 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 a big theme is growth and moving forward and, uh, you know, breaking through barriers, whether that means in your own mind as a person, 
with family, with friends, you know, relationships. I mean, I've, I've had a very busy few years. So, I mean, I've, I've, pre-pandemic, of course, like I've been traveling a lot. Um, I've been away from home a lot. I've moved a few times, countries even. And uh, I, it's only now that I'm, I've had this time to really be at home a lot in this pandemic, which I'm actually not mad about at all. I'm, I'm not complaining about. I can't fully say how it's changed me as a person. All I can say is how I feel. I just, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing and I'm following what's in my heart. And that's, that's about it, really. <laughs> well, that's a good answer. Well, you said that you can't really dive too far into chapter two yet, but of course, this first single coming back yeah. releases September 18th, which is the same day this episode releases. So at least let's take a little bit dive into coming back then. Yeah, sure thing. Well, uh, Coming Back is a song that I wrote two years ago. Basically, when How Long was done, you know, once masters were done, sent in for printing, you know, all done. Like, we can move. Once I decided I could move forward from that project, I started writing immediately. And that summer that How Long finished, I probably had already six songs in the can. And I probably had about 20 songs, and I cut it down to an amount that everyone will find out what that is soon, soon enough. But Coming Back was one of the first songs I wrote, and it's a song that I haven't even performed live. I, I really wanted to make sure that, you know, when you release a single, whether it's your first one, your second, your third of an album cycle, I just wanted to give everybody that experience of something brand new, and I didn't want to play a song that maybe I had been playing live already and that some people heard. You know, I know that's a small fraction of people that would have heard it, but still, I just want everyone to have that same experience. So this song, yeah, no one has heard it. It's, uh, it's really in the same wheelhouse as the How Long record, except uh, it's a bit more evolved. Like this song, the, the song coming back itself is, is fairly simple. It refers to, you know, a person or a thing or a place you know, that isn't necessarily good for you. Maybe they're toxic. Maybe it's just something that's bad. And you just, but you, and it's that feeling of not being able to get away from it and you keep on coming back to it. And there's a lot of reference, I guess, to addiction and substances as metaphors for, for the ways that you're feeling. But it's a simple song about not being able to stay away, basically. And, yeah, musically, uh, there's a big influence of Prince and D'Angelo like on the instrumental side, I'm not saying I sound anything like any <laughs> either of those guys, but they're, they're eras of like big guitars, real like trenchy drums and stuff like that was the influence. The guys in the band, you know, did such a great job of bringing the idea to life. And yeah, I'm just pumped. I, I'm, I'm, you know, when you sit on an album for so long, you tour it, you put the music out and then you have to move, you move to the next chapter the waiting is the hardest part, so I'm so happy and excited, and especially in these weird times, you know. Uh, obviously, all of our schedules and plans have changed a little, so I am so pumped that this is coming up now, and the chapter has, is beginning. The new chapter started. Mm -hmm, for sure. You mentioned, of course, there's odd situations. So has 
the uh, pandemic affected the release plans at all besides possibly being able to do a release show and any of those fun things? Like, did you have to push back release date or any of that stuff? Yeah, everything was affected. Uh, it was funny because I, I originally, you know, remember that really cute phase where the, of the first month, like around March 13th, where everyone was like, oh, yeah, we'll just reschedule everything to June or July. That'll be fine. And everyone thought it was just going to be a month or two and it was going to be done. I already had March, April, May taken off from shows, so I wasn't starting till June anyway. So there I was thinking, this will be fine, you know, whatever. Uh, but sure enough, everything got, all the gigs canceled, album and single release plans all got pushed back a little bit, which is totally fine. You know, it's, I think the thing that we're not paying attention now is that as artists, we have so much more time than we did. And the fact that there's less of a deadline takes a lot of pressure off that we can kind of craft the way that we want to put out the music ourselves, basically because we just don't know what the world's going to be looking like let alone six months from now, even like next month, who knows? <laughs> so there's, there's some positive to it. I've kind of liked the openness of it rather than, okay, we're nine months planned in advance now and we're not deviating from this. Uh, enjoy sitting out and waiting on these plans for the next almost year rather than like, we can just play this by ear a bit more and like do what makes sense. You know, that's, that's the approach I've taken and it's worth, it seems to be, working for me, at least mentally, it's all good. Rather than just like being bummed, oh, everything's canceled and I didn't get to release it or do these shows that I wanted to. It's like, why, why wait on feeling bad for yourself when everyone's in the same boat? Just find, find the good in it. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. You have to make the most of the opportunity, no matter what it is, because like you said, we thought this was going to be short and now we're not really sure how long it's going to be. So Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So another thing that you mentioned earlier was uh, you've become quite well known, quite renowned for your guitar playing ability, having people chasing you down to play shows to record with you. You've also had some other opportunities to be able to have a signature pedal and even a master class video. So as a guitarist, uh, what has it been like to grow within this world where in today's day and age a lot of people think that the guitar maybe necessarily isn't as strong but you seem to be now at the forefront of the guitar masters of the world <laughs> well uh guitar may be dying as a you know <laughs> in in the mainstream like you don't hear it a lot in pop music these days You'll still hear like pop country music and lots of roots music. However, the guitar community is still very strong. And, you know, people that know me and know my music, every, they know that my music is not guitar music. Yes, I'm a guitar player. Yes, there's a heavy focus on textures and sounds and parts on in my music. But it's not guitar. It's about the songs. It's about the lyrics. It's about the arrangements. If you come see a live show, yeah, there's a lot more guitar moments. Um, but that being said, the guitar community really lies online. And in this day and age, it can, it's not so one-dimensional as just, you know, I, I play shows and that's it. This, nowadays, it's all about, you know, teaching. It's about doing clinics and 
master classes like you were talking about. It's all really important stuff, and it's, it's just as many different branches on the tree of guitar is so much more important. I, I've, spent a lot, I've been spending a lot of time doing videos for companies in the UK and the States and Canada, you know, everything from gear demos to lessons to other things like that, separate from the master classes and the, the clinics. It's just, you can't, you can't be one dimensional and you got to look out for yourself and you got to be versatile. And those type of things have also really helped me in a situation like this pandemic where, you know, my main identity of going on stage and playing is gone. I'm so fortunate that I can tap into these other things, even if it's not, even if it's not my first choice of what I'd love to be doing. Uh, it keeps me going and it keeps me busy. So I'm very, very, very thankful for that. Mm -hmm, no doubt. Once again, continuing to make the most of the opportunities. So got it, man. Yeah, you got it. If one of the listeners, say if one of the ambush wants to make the most of their opportunities and brush up on their guitar skills, where, where do they go to possibly get a lesson from Ariel Posen? Well, I do have a bunch of educational material out that you can find on my website, arielposen.com. But uh, these last couple months, you know, usually when I'm home from touring, I'll, I'll announce on Instagram that, hey, guys, I'm doing less, I'll do Skype lessons uh, for the next week, so let me know if you want to do them. And, like, again, I'm very grateful and thankful. I can, I can fill those up and get everybody in that wants a lesson and, and then do it via Skype. I've been doing a little bit more of it in the last couple months. You know, I know everyone's home, everyone's practicing, everyone wants to learn, and I, I, I enjoy it. So uh, I tend to announce like a week or two opening monthly. So if you just if you message me on Instagram or Facebook or on my website, we can more than likely get you sorted. Yeah, get you in there. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Ariel, to talk about your journey and your new single coming back, your upcoming album, everything that we've talked about. Thanks, man. Really real pleasure to talk to you thanks for having me oh the pleasure as always was all mine and i hope that you the ambush had a pleasurable time listening to this conversation with ariel posen i hope you also enjoyed the songs that you heard today of course we played his new single coming back to kick off the show and in the middle of this episode you heard Try the lead track off of his full-length album, How Long. You can find both those tracks, his full length of How Long, all of the live material, all of it, is on your favorite music streaming service. Go ahead and check it out. Hit follow when you're there so that when he releases the new project that he's working on right now, it's in your ears. ASAP. And with that being said... It is now time to thank Ariel Posen one last time for joining me here on the DTP. My apologies for constantly saying Ariel. And well, I also have to thank the person who helped to bring Ariel Posen onto the show, and that is the wonderfully talented Mackenzie from over at Strut Entertainment. You guys know we got love over for the team at Strut last but not least, it is you, the mighty, loyal, dedicated, and...
Bush for tuning in once again, like you always do. And if you're brand new to the DTP, joining the ambush is easy. You just have to go ahead and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening service. Maybe it's the one you're using right now. You can also help the show grow by sharing this episode and tagging Desert Tiger, me, Colton G, or Ariel Posen when you do so. You can review the show with a big old five stars, or you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com and cop yourself something to represent the show every single place you go. It's like that. And now we are coming to the end of the episode, so who are we being joined by next Tuesday? Well, that is R&B pop artist Sakib, and we're going to be having a hell of a time talking about his new single, Move Until You're Numb. So until then, you guys know what it is. I want you to not only enjoy yourself, to not only stay happy and healthy, but to go out and find your desert oasis or your mountaintop, whatever that happens to be, whatever makes your heart sing to its fullest capacity, whatever makes you happy. Go on out, find that thing and make the most of it so that you can show the world your beautiful craft because it is beautiful. You are beautiful and until next week next tuesday next tuesday i forget we keep forgetting we're doing two episodes lately all right until next week tuesday i almost screwed it up again bye-bye stay beautiful because you are